thanks for checking out episode 80 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. Can you believe our 80th episode already? Pretty wild. As usual, this is your host, Greg Lindbergh. Here on this episode, we are chatting with a longtime advocate for the blind and visually impaired from the great state of South Dakota, and uh, she is highly involved with the American Council of the Blind, uh, in addition to this uh, campaign that ACB started a few years ago called Get Up and Get Moving. So let's go ahead and dive now into episode 80. So my guest here on this episode of Eyes Free Sports is Connie Sims. And Connie is a longtime uh, advocate uh, for the American Council of the Blind and within her community and many different initiatives and efforts. And uh, she is also very involved in the ACB Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Connie, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here with you, Greg. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Really appreciate you taking the time to do this and excited to get into your background and, and especially this uh, campaign that ACB has had now for a couple of years. It'll be fun. It's a, it's a good campaign. It's um, We're just kind of still in the infant stages and things are revolving all the time. So it's going to be good. Absolutely. No doubt. Yep. So why don't we just start kind of from the beginning of, of your story and, and just kind of your personal background. Um, so kind of as, as far back as you'd like to share, just talk to us about where you're from and, and kind of your, your visual impairment as well. I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So it's in the southeast corner of the state. I grew up in Groton, which is the northeast corner of the state. Um, I was born with aniridium which is a very rare condition. Usually with aniridia, you may have a stump of the iris and it's usually genetical, but it's I don't have any family anywhere that we've traced back as far as we can go that have it. So I don't have a stump of the iris. So since I don't have any stumps of the iris, I don't have the pupils either. I was born with contract, um, cataracts, I should say, also with nearsightedness. So I always knew that my vision was was bad. I attended public school. My parents always advocated really strongly for me. And I will never forget when I was a sixth grader, probably about 12 years old, my mom, my parents said to me, you have to learn how to stand up for yourself because no one else ever will if you don't do it yourself. And I've never forgotten that. And about that same time, I was told that I could wake up tomorrow being blind. I may never go blind completely or I could be blind tomorrow. So I decided when I was a freshman, we were 20 miles from Aberdeen, which is the third largest state city in the state, and where the School for the Blind and Visually Impaired is in South Dakota. So I decided I wanted to go and get extra training so I'd be prepared for later in life. Um, I felt like I needed some more training in low vision because um, my vision was always fairly stable. So an example of what I see is um, if you ever go and get your eyes dilated, I see like 100 times worse. So my eyes are always dilated. When you look at me, you're seeing the reflection off my optic nerve. So yeah, it's everything is very, very bright. I can't control any light input. So if it's too bright, I can't see. If it's too dark, I can't see. And my vision did change back in when I was 19. So my freshman year, I decided to go part-time in Groton and part-time in Aberdeen. And my mom, the saint that she is, or she was, I should say, took me every day 
and waited for me to take attend classes. And so I was like a day student. So I graduated actually from both schools. And that's where I met my husband, Seth, who was visually impaired also. Um, he has genital, oh, nice. yeah, genital glaucoma. And again, his family never had it. So um, he did end up losing all his, all his vision. So he is now totally blind. And over the years after we were married, he lost most of his hearing. So he is actually hearing impaired also. But, mm. you know, so 19, my vision changed within two weeks, Greg. So, wow. yeah. So I was almost blind within two weeks. So that's where the journey of all of my surgeries um, going from fairly stable vision to almost nothing to better vision to not good vision to back and forth. So right now I had some surgery back in end of 2021 that had to replace some pumps. I actually have glaucoma also because of that's one of the side effects of aniridia. So I had to replace one of I have um, pumps in my both of my eyes shunts to help control the so I almost lost most of my vision then in my good eye. My right eye hardly has any vision. My good eye has decent vision, pretty good vision. So it's been a journey. So that's kind of my background, kind of a summed up other vision. So I still consider myself, you know, fairly high functional, low vision. Right. But definitely like you said, a roller coaster ride, it sounds like you've had with that. It has been, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. Before we get into your advocacy work, I did want to offer you the chance to talk about just education, your career. Um, I know you have worked as a massage therapist. Do you still do that? I do very little. I um, do a few people here and there. So I was really good with computers. So I actually went to school for computer programming. It wasn't really my passion, but I got kind of talked into it. My medical field, medical was always my passion. Sure. So then that's when my vision changed and I had to withdraw from college. So I went back and I worked, I was a banker for about 10 years, nine years. And I, with my support of my husband and my parents, I went back to school and did an accelerated program to become a massage therapist. And I love it. So that was back in 96. And with that, I became a certified massage therapist. And then I kept continuing on my love for sports and fitness. Um, I became a certified sports massage therapist. Hmm. So with that degree that I have with that, the type of degree I have with that, I actually could go like say work for an NFL team or a hockey team or oh, a wow. basketball team. Yeah. yeah. So when I when I did my continuing it, I was working for um, a chiropractor and he's like, this isn't continuing it. This is like another huge <laughs> degree. So he was going to give me a bad time. Right. Um, so then I became a certified lymphedema technician. Because lymphedema is a medical condition and it's very, you know, it's a severe condition. You know, majority of the time you hear about it with cancer patients, but you can have it because of vascular or diabetes or, you know, a lot of other you know, injuries. It could be your lifestyle. So I, by that time I was working, I was managing, um, I got hired to develop a program at the Sanford Health Center medical center in Sioux Falls. So I designed the medical program and started working with anyone, but worked with patients. Um, I worked with doctors, nurses, um, anyone could come and see me. So I had that extra medical background. So they ended up becoming a medical massage practitioner. And that's the highest you can go in that profession. And I did that 
in 2017. And about that same time, I, my husband and I were in a car accident. A car hit us and hit me more than him and hit me and then sat on top of me. Hmm. So I have permanent injuries in my feet, in my hands and back. I had some major surgeries. So because of that, I'm not able to work doing massage much anymore. So I've turned to becoming a full-time advocate. Um, I was having a really hard time deciding to give up massage or not. I have been self-employed. I've worked, like I said, developed a program in a major um, hospital. I've worked for chiropractors. I worked in salons, kind of a little bit of everywhere. And I had, I'm, I'm very strong in my Christian faith. And I have been trying to pray and trying to decide what to do. Because at about that time, it was COVID. And we had to, if we wanted to practice, we had to wear PPE equipment. And I really didn't want to do that. And I was working out of my home. So I really didn't know if I wanted people to come into my home. So I prayed. And ironically, that morning, I was out doing one of my morning exercise walks. And I it hit me that God had just said, you're done. You're done doing massage therapy. Mm-hmm. And that afternoon, Eric Bridges called me and said that I had been chosen as a 2020 J.P. Morgan Fellow Chase recipient. So I, I feel like it just all kind of fell into place. So I've been doing that ever since. So Sure, sure. Very interesting. And uh, yeah. yeah, definitely wanted to dig in a little more just as far as your your journey when it comes to fitness, when it comes to exercise, sports. So yeah, exercise and sports. I've always loved exercise and sports, always, since I was a little kid. I remember being little and my folks would give me exercise stuff because I, that's what, always what I wanted. I mean, I got bikes, I got weights, I got a mini trampoline. I got, oh, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, you know, if I was frustrated or um, angry or something, I would just go run. I was a big track person. I played go ball. I played some beatball. I was huge into track. I played basketball at Groton. I was a cheerleader. So I always received the um, presidential award for fitness every year. I don't think even they do that anymore. But back in my time, they used to have, you have to always be trained, tested every year to see where you stood in the presidential. There was a presidential award in fitness. And I always would do that. I would just, I love to hang from the bar. So the guys always had to do pull-ups and us girls had to get up and see how long we could keep our chin above the bar and I would just hang there and they're like, okay, you can come down anytime now. So um, yep. I did gymnastics. I did a little bit of everything. So that's always kind of followed my, my life and being with sports, the certified sports therapist, I had a little bit more leeway to help my patients, my clients with exercise and therapy. Since I was trained and I was certified in that, sure. I could do, do some, so I did a lot of, um, exercises. I, you know, I did a lot of recommendations for stretching and exercise programs. Right. Right. Very cool. Uh, So in terms of the American Council of the Blind, ACB, I know you mentioned having won that award in 2020. And then since you have also gone on to, to become a member of the board of directors, correct? Yes, I have. So I served, um, I finished off Katie Frederick's one year term in 2021. And this, 2022, I became a, I got my first full term. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I, I love, I love the passion. Um, I love doing what I do. 
And uh, I, you know, I just see that ACB is a is a great place, and we have a lot of things that we can keep going and doing and growing. It's totally different than when I started back in 1984. I was a, I represented South Dakota in '84 back in Philadelphia as a student. Oh, so wow. um, it's rude. yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of showing my age, <laughs> but um, it's you know it's definitely changed over the years. So no doubt, absolutely. So let's get into the get up and get moving campaign. Um, so I, I understand this campaign, this initiative really kicked off in, I guess, the summer of 2020. Right, exactly. It was um, kind of a spearhead of um, a former employee, Tony Stevens, and Eric Bridges, and uh, my president, Dan Spoon. Kind of started it thinking that we wanted to get something going to get our our um, members more active, sure, more healthy, and that's kind of the the brainstorm behind it. Right. Yep. And like we spoke about before we started recording here, um, obviously there's, you know, a lot of research out there, statistics, whatnot, that, uh, you know, people in general with disabilities, but especially in the blindness community, you know, unfortunately a lot of people are sedentary and not as active as kind of the average, you know, person should be. Um, anything you want to mention on that front? No, and that's and that's very true, you know, and with our members, you know, we have Leslie Spoon, who's, you know, our certified trainer, and she's like, you know, even just tapping your toes, you know, you can get your movement, you can get your blood pressure going, you can get, you know, your heart rate going. So I, I think that's what we want to do is just try to encourage because it's it's so, people think when you get up and talk about getting active, you have to really get up and do something, but it's, as Clark Raphael said, it's, you have to just increase that heart rate. You have to, you know, get your heart rate above what you usually would have it. Right. That would be considered activity. So it could be just up and down your steps or walking down the hallway in your apartment. Right. Just running in place. Like you said, any simple mm -hmm. things without even equipment, without any kind of tools that we can do. Exactly. You know, swinging your arms and doing arm circles and tapping your toes and bringing your legs. If you're sitting in a chair, just bringing your legs up and down like you're going to be you know, marching in place if you can't, because it doesn't matter if you can't get up and walk, if it's, you know, if you have to be in a chair most of the time, you can, you can do stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's so the simple little things that we, someone doesn't even think about, but it makes a difference in your life. Right. Absolutely. So kind of back to get up and get moving. So let's just speak about kind of what the, the campaign has done. And I know you guys have formed a committee here uh, fairly recently in the last few months. And uh, yeah, let's just kind of get into, you know, the, the awareness campaigns and kind of things you've done in the past and even even looking ahead. Yep, we just became a committee back in October. Our committee members, I want to recognize our chair is Tom Tobin. And then we have Dan Dillon. We have Terry Shiraz and Leslie Spoon, our committee members. And then staff, we have JoLynn Bailey-Page and Clark Raffal. So it's a small little group, but we have done, you know, last March, we did, um, I did a panel with some members and told their stories. You know, we had someone from Indiana on, um, we had Zelda Gebhardt on, we had someone else that had another, you know, health issues. So they shared their journeys of their fitness and how it's affected them from, you know, exercising to weight loss to, you know, just becoming more healthy. One of the things that we have heard is we did the 
the bridge walk in Omaha. Oh yeah. And everyone everyone loved the bridge walk. You know, we we started out, we had two health heroes there, Walmart was there handing out water ahead of time. And then Betsy Lawrence from Nike was there. So it was awesome to have two health heroes there. And Dan, you know, did a little introduction. Tom Tobin spoke a little bit. And then I led the group onto the bridge. But then everyone could walk at their leisure. It was, we had 80-some people. We had two different bus loads. And we did, it was awesome. We had, um, I took pictures. Dennis Backer took pictures. It was it was so much fun because you could just take your time and you could socialize and do it at your own pace. And everyone loved it. It was hot, windy, but it was a good time. So that I, we've heard that that's one of their probably the most favorite things. You know, we've done the dance party that a lot of people enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Yep. So um, but working with affiliates and just members and committees is one thing that we're trying to really work on and, and into the future, too, is to partner because it's we don't want to sit there and tell you guys what to do. We want to work with you guys and help our members become more active. So we want to figure out what, you know, everyone has different degrees. You know, each area of the country down in Florida where you're at, you know, your weather is much better most of the time than up here in South Dakota. Right. So um, as much as I love walking, I don't walk that much in the winter time. Um, yep. I try not to, you know, so um, we have to, we want to work with um, each area and see what we can do to help encourage and promote health and fitness. And I think that's one of the things that we really want to work on is reaching out to our members and to the affiliates or our regional, you know, and maybe um, do some challenges. We don't, we don't know yet. We're just kind of all working on that. Um, we've had good results with that in the past and we want to work with that on the future. Um, I guess one thing is that maybe we want to hear what members want, what the affiliates want from us would be beneficial for us to know right? what you guys want. Absolutely. Yeah. And I did want to mention, uh, I know you did reference Leslie Spoon, uh, who's become kind of the, the go-to when it comes to fitness and certainly yeah. yoga. And she's very involved in the, the ACB community for those who are not aware or familiar. Uh, ACB has had, you know, these community calls pretty much since the beginning of, of COVID in March of 2020. And uh, Leslie is one of several individuals who has headed up a number of fitness related calls and uh, did you have anything you wanted to mention on that front? No, you know, and so all the community calls that she does, um, you know, AC, or Get Up and Get Moving, you know, sponsors it. Right. So that's a huge thing. You know, and she's a wealth of information. She does one-on-one stuff. You know, she'll do group stuff. You know, one of her members that we actually had in March on the panel is now more bedridden. And she still goes to Leslie's classes and Leslie will adapt the exercises for anyone, whatever your ability is. So whatever your situation is. And that's what we love about Leslie is that her enthusiasm and the way she can adapt to make it work for anyone. Exactly. Yeah. And even kind of going back to what you said about the bridge walk uh, at the ACB convention in Omaha, just how everyone kind of took it at their pace and you know, whether you were walking with a guide dog or a white cane or just sighted guide or 
whatever you know situation or circumstance you might be in and then certainly when it comes to fitness as well and your energy level you know we're all at different places in our lives different ages different physical abilities and uh, you know like you're saying just we want to obviously customize and, and meet everyone kind of where they are exactly and that's that's what it what we want to do what we really want to accomplish no doubt anything else you want to mention when it comes to say the benefits of you know physical activity obviously in your your work you know both professionally and personally uh, just kind of your passion for fitness your work with you know perhaps athletes or those dealing with injuries or whatnot uh, what would you say when it comes to like a mental health standpoint let's say uh, the benefits are and certainly physical health as well when it comes to to fitness yeah. So, you know, fitness is such a benefit. And going back to being a therapist, massage therapist, um, practitioner. So your muscles of your body is actually your framework of your body. You know, I remember my teacher saying, you know, if your muscles aren't working properly and that's your, your foundation of your house, then your house is going to have issues, you know, structurally, internally. And the same thing with your muscles. If your muscles aren't working and your ligaments aren't working, your fascia isn't working properly, then the rest of your body's not gonna work properly. And that means um, emotionally, physically, so your heart, your your lungs, your um, digestive system, your lymph system, vascular system, it all is affected. So exercise and stretching is so important for those muscles and tendons because when we exercise, we release endorphins. And when you get a massage, you release endorphins. And that's your natural um, painkiller. And so it's, it's so important because you're, you're encouraging your body to work properly and getting more healthy. And like I said, growing up, if I was frustrated, I would go running, you know, in school. I remember one time in um, PE class, I was so mad about something else in another class or I can't remember the personal thing. And the teacher looked at me and she said, just go run. And I said, thank you. And I didn't even join the class. I just went and ran because emotionally that's what I needed. Hmm. I needed just to just release all that emotion out of me. And I felt so much better. So um, emotionally, you know, we have a lot of mental health you know, concerns, and it can be from anything from, you know, there's so much range of mental health. And that's one thing that in my training, my teacher actually had to do mental health. I actually was trained for mental health. I, I used to have to work with my clients with that because my teacher was had a foresight for that hmm. because it's so intertwined. So yeah, it's, it's exercise moving just that little bit again can help you emotionally because if we're just sedentary, we're more apt to just think about things or worry about things. Right. And if you get up and you just move, you're not necessarily going to sit there and, and ponder on it. Exactly. Very well said. And as we've mentioned many times already in this conversation, you know, there's so many simple things that you can do, so many accessible things as well, you know, whether you can see or not see or you know, no matter your, your level of vision, um, you know, there, there's so many things you can safely do that are easy, that are free, that are inexpensive to really, to really get moving. Right. Exactly. 
Uh, so to wrap up here, when it comes to get up and get moving, uh, any resources, anything you want to mention if people want to learn more about this campaign? Yeah, so we have um, our Facebook page. It's just ACB um, Get Up and Get Moving. So anyone can join that. A lot of people post maybe even songs. Um, we have some resources. I have some testimonies from a couple of people from that are athletes that we need to get posted on our ACB website. So each each committee um, has their own, you know, ACB website. So we need to get that updated. But um, our Facebook page, you can go on there and get, you know, information, share, ask questions. So um, that's the main way to get a hold of us. Excellent. Cool. And I'll definitely uh, include a link to that Facebook page in the show notes. Yeah, that would be great. And come on to Facebook and, and share a link, you know, to the podcast. And, you know, that would be, if you can do that, that would be awesome too. Oh, yeah. Definitely would love, you know, for you guys to to help share it and anything I can do to, to get the word out too about this episode and just kind of spreading the word about this campaign. And uh, even, like yeah. you mentioned, athletes as well would love to potentially interview some of them on this podcast that, you know, have, have backgrounds in athletics too. Right. You know, we look at, you know, Doug Paul, you know, another board member, you look at, um, you know, Jeff Bishop, you look at um, Clark Rothfall, you know, Paralympian, sure. you know, so we have, we have Donna Brown, um, you know, we have so many that are athletes and they can be inspirations. And some of them are just like big time athletes. And sometimes you just don't have to be a major athlete, but just to stay active is great. You know, and one of the things to kind of finalize too, is that we do advocacy work with the Get Up and Get Moving. And so with Dan and Leslie Spoon, you know, they all got stranded, unfortunately, with that South Southwest mess up. But they, um, you know, we've worked with Anaton and a couple other companies, and they were actually at a hotel and the equipment was accessible. They didn't have to worry. Yeah, they did not have to worry about having help. The only thing that they had to find out and was the on button to start with. But once they had the on, knew where the on button was, everything else was accessible. Mm. It was just, you know, but that was part of the advocacy that um, we're doing with ACB and the Get Up and Get Moving is that we're, we're pushing forward for that. Right. I'm so glad you brought that up because I know like Peloton, for instance, like you mentioned, uh, has a a screen reader, Google Talkback, you know, built into the software for that right that exercise bike. And I believe they have a treadmill as well. Yep. And they had it for both. So, yeah. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I know Clark Rockpool, as you referenced, has done a lot of, you know, advocacy, advocating for that accessible exercise equipment and there's there's certainly a lot of work to be done but hey you know there there's some wins that we can celebrate here already it sounds like too yep exactly so y'all just have to get together and keep advocating absolutely yep clark's famous words right keep advocating Uh, (laughs) yep that's his famous words (laughs) no doubt yep all righty well again we've been visiting with connie sims of sioux falls south dakota and uh, really appreciate the time, Connie. Thank you so much uh, for spending this this time with us here. Appreciate the insight and uh, really look forward to following the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Well, thank you for having me and I've enjoyed it. So yeah, we will keep you updated. Alrighty. Sounds great. 
Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.